0: this is continuum drag a weekly podcast for visiting television sci-fi fantasy and everything in between this week kolchak the night stalker episodes 11 and 12 Roosevelt Heights used to be a plush neighborhood, but the plush neighbors moved uptown, leaving the old people. And old people don't move easily. They become set in their surroundings. Their friends live next door. They've been going to the same store for 25 years. And probably most important of all, they can't afford to relocate, even if they wanted to. The battle of fixed income versus galloping inflation never ends. But even inflation took a backseat here in Roosevelt Heights as a far greater fear overtook the residents, a terror which effectively dwarfed everything else. Welcome to and Drag, the podcast addicted to hot Texas chili. I'm Luke, <laughs> here with my co-host Jordan.
1: What's real, Jordan? I've seen more dead bodies than you've had TV dinners. That's a lot
0: of dead bodies, my friend.
1: It is a lot of TV. Te- That's and what you eat most that, nights, right? <laughs> no, no. But when he said that, I was like,
0: is that accurate?
1: I know it's a good line, but that's a lot of dead bodies.
0: I will say, though, uh, in in my personal life, you'd only have to see, like, two dead bodies to eat more TV dinners than I have. You're probably right. I've probably, like, the actual
1: classic, like, TV dinner with, like, the little compartments, like, uh, like a little frozen meat and thing. I've probably had it maybe once.
0: Right, right. You, you usually microwave other things for your
1: dinner. That's right. That's Pizza right. pocket. Hot pocket. I haven't had a pizza pocket in years. Anything that comes in pocket form. I had a friend who used to love those. Remember, they used to have those gross advertisements but they were always popping all over the screen?
0: I, <laughs> I, I'm not specifically, but, but it makes sense. <laughs> well, Jordan, um, we're back for more Colchak.
1: Yeah, doesn't it feel a little bit like, uh, at least this is how I felt when I was watching these yesterday? It feels like we finished the show. And then we found a bunch of bonus episodes. I know that's not what the case is. <laughs> we just left and we came episodes. back. That's what it feels like. It's like, you know, it's like, oh, there's a show I like. I wish they had made more episodes. And like, they did. They did make four episodes. <laughs> Good news.
0: <laughs> Good news. But it's just that we only watched half the season. I'm glad you're excited to be back because we've got, we, we're we going to do the final, the final stretch of them. It's it's it, it's mm-hmm. like returning to an old friend.
1: Yeah. And these episodes, I'll just say of, of the bat, show all the strengths Kolchak has and some of the weaknesses as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, not the best two for me to come back to. I didn't feel. Like. Yeah, yeah. I as I watched him, I'm like, oh, I think I remember this more fondly from three months ago than maybe it is. <laughs> it is funny how that how that works. Huh? Well, uh, before we get into it, Jordan, since we're back to Track, uh I got a little thing here for you. It's uh, it's our own, mm-hmm. it's our own version of uh, of a, of a Mary F. Kill. Um, we're doing. I'm gonna do mm. this for you. You can figure it out. There's not a lot of characters, so it's, it'll go quick. But uh, I've had. To, I've come up with the categories per per your uh, your origination of this game, um, mm-hmm. and they're bad. They're bad categories, but here they are. <laughs> <laughs> I like it already. You're gonna choose one to hire to write for your paper. Yep. And that's ma- that's the equivalent of being married to them. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. You're going to uh, bribe one for some information, uh, and I guess that is the mm-hmm. equivalent to having sex with somebody. Yep, sure. And finally, you're going to choose one of them to uh, get killed by an unstoppable supernatural being. That one's self-explanatory. All right. Okay, good. All right. So, there's only two categories. There's only two two rounds of this of this game because there's not that many characters on the show. It well, I mean, this show is it's really it's
1: Kolchak. If you like Kolchak, you like the show. If you don't like Kolchak, you're not watching. That's that's really there's no other characters to grab onto really.
0: So, these characters are in every episode, are almost in every episode, and that is Carl Kolchak. Mhm. Tony Vincenzo and Ron Updike. Okay. So it's, it's hire to write bribe and get killed by a monster.
1: I think as much as it would make sense to hire Kolchak to write, I think it's pretty well established that he's not a great employee. So I would, uh, I'd hire uh, Tony Vincenzo. He's, I think he's a solid, solid choice. I'd
0: like to spend time with him. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I would have to, um, what's the second option? to bribe for some information to pay a bribe to for you're gonna have to spend a little bit of time with him but not too much
1: i think that's how much time i want to spend with cole Jacks. so he's my he's my option for that and he's your source yeah and unfortunately to ron he's got to go he, the a malevolent force is going to kill him
0: Poor <laughs> ron but it's it's his it's his uh destiny
1: i think it really is that's what he's there for you'd probably agree with those picks wouldn't
0: you yeah, I think I think those are all solid, solid choices. You know, I could go either way on Vincenzo and Kolchak. Mm-hmm. It might be nice to spend some time, but it's hard to say. I think your reasoning was solid. Yeah, yeah, because it, it, in
1: these episodes again, it sort of makes me remember he's not a very good reporter in terms <laughs> of true. like,
0: in terms of what he's supposed to do. You know, and this second category was was more difficult than you'd imagine. But I was <laughs> trying to come up with. I'm um, like, who else is in the show? I, for can any I can I guess? Of
1: I'm going to guess who the people
0: are. Yeah, go for it. Yeah,
1: You got your Marmalstein. Of course. You got your Emily. Yep. But can you get the third one? This is the hard one. I bet you it's that reporter lady. Which reporter lady? Oh, she was only in one episode, then she died.
0: Oh, see, it didn't qualify. Only one episode. So you know who it okay. is. It's Marmalstein, is- Mrs. Emily, or Miss Emily, I apologize. She's not married. And Gordy the Ghoul Spangler oh
1: gordy the ghoul yeah yeah, he, did, yeah, he got only two him.
0: episodes but he did seem like he was going to be a reoccurring
1: is he never coming back
0: he I've, i haven't we haven't seen him in quite some time
1: right gordy the ghoul i think i'll hire uh miss emily because i think she seems miss emily right is her yeah, name miss emily that's correct she's i think she's reliable she always seems to be at the office she always seems to have a a smile on her face she seems like a, a personable person to have around and she's also good to help out with things so she's who i'd i'd hire at the paper okay i'd pay off marmal oh, No, actually no I'm, I'm gonna change it i was gonna pay off marmalstein but then i realized gordy the ghoul is perfect for that that's all he wants that's that is his whole thing so i'm i guess i'll just stick with what he's good at and i'll pay him off and unfortunately for marmalstein just like in the show she's just gonna go to the way of the dodo <laughs>
0: Technically she didn't die in the show, she just disappeared completely.
1: <laughs> She's been killed. They just it was just by a, another malevolent force we didn't see.
0: Kolchak wasn't involved in that particular case. <laughs> he, well, he was supposed to, he just didn't get around to it. Well, that's it, Jordan. You did it. You picked the your favorites yeah. and your least favorites, I guess. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, you know what, and I do like the uh the cast of characters in the show, we've said it before. I think it is a weird weakness of the show that they don't want to lean into them more because there's Several opportunities they have where they could utilize these characters more, especially when he's looking for information. But they just, for whatever reason, don't want to do that.
0: It is true. Even just going through kind of the uh, side characters have slowly gone, like Marmal just, just quietly disappeared. It's always Gordy the Ghoul. like All great side characters who really, I mean, it's probably a sign of the times more than anything, but if they had leaned into having some of these quirky side characters and like brought them more into the investigations, I think this show would have gelled way more. Hmm. Agreed. Anyway, it is time for the first episode. Here's the IMDb summary for episode 10, episode 11, pardon me. Mm -hmm. Horror in the Heights. Horror in the Heights. Residents of the Roosevelt Heights neighborhood are being caught off guard and killed by a demon with the ability to appear as a person they know and trust.
1: Mm -hmm. Now, I had a weird feeling when watching this episode. Horror in the Heights felt in some ways like bad medicine again. But this was, I, I would say, slightly with a more deft hand. Now, I'm going to say slightly. Yes. I don't think it's quite as offensive as Bad Medicine. Now, it's problematic, but I think it's there's a little bit more nuance and a little bit uh, uh, more respect given, I would say.
0: Yeah, I mean, once again, I think this is what we're seeing is going to be a trend on this, is to get a supernatural monster, they will lean into another culture's mythology. Mm-hmm. And as a result, you've kind of got Kolchak investigating another culture, and that other is treated not—they're not overly disrespectful, but certainly leans into all the stereotypes they can find. Um, yes. And what's especially weird here is it's two separate cultures they choose from, and <laughs> two very distinct cultures that all stereotypes are on the table for both of them.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. But but you do make an interesting point, though. The idea of different mythology from different cultures on paper is a very good idea, and it creates something interesting and something that the characters, from a very uh, North American perspective, may not have that much information about. But it's, it's the way that they handle it that... Things become complicated. it's a classic.
0: It's a classic TV trope where you need to do a monster of the week, so you just like pull someone else's monster, and then you have to watch the one your lead character who is not of that culture make some pretty broad generalizations, and then like save the day. And it's it in twenty twenty two. It's a little. It's it's it feels like a minefield more than anything. Yeah. Well, and let me just say this right off the bat: the
1: swastika is. A real point to this episode. Heavily it's a featured. Real, heavily featured. It's heavily featured, which is, isn't, it's it's odd to see on, for one, how mu- how many swastikas are, are in the show. But uh, my question to you is, in not, in this era, what, what year did this era, 74, 75, something like that?
0: Uh, yeah, something in that area. I don't remember.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so let's say mid-70s. Do you not think it was common knowledge that the swastika was originally... Uh, was was co-opted by by the Nazis as a symbol. I think we all we all knew
0: it was from uh, uh, East Asian culture. Correct? Yeah, I mean, that's the twist of the episode is it's we're in the Heights. It's a heavily Jewish neighborhood and it's heavily decorated with swastikas uh, that for the little while go very uncommented on, which I thought was like. Weird, but interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later we'll find out they're only there because a Hindu man has put them up on the walls in, a, in an effort to ward off evil. Because it in that, in the Hindu faith, apparently they're postulating it's a, it's a, it's a talisman to ward off evil. I don't think that's quite what it does actually, but like no. that's the premise. And the surprise of the episode they're trying to purvey to you is that like the Nazis didn't originate it; it actually comes from a from a different culture, and the Nazis sort of co opted it. Um, mm. I think it's, I think it probably, among certain people, it probably was knowledge, but I don't think it was maybe common knowledge.
1: Okay, so that was, because when I watched it, it was literally the first thing I saw, the the, two, the uh, juxtaposition of this uh, Jewish quarter, as it were, and uh, the swastika. I was like, oh, I guess it's just going to be the Hindu, Hindu symbol. Like, it just, it just seems so obvious, but again, maybe that's unfair, and that's looking from a um, slightly more modern perspective.
0: Well, it's interesting, because we'll get into it here. Um, I was surprised when I saw it originally, because there was no indication there was going to be any— like, it was in—very quickly you see here, it's in a Jewish neighborhood that's quite poor in Chicago, and we're seeing essentially— uh, I think this is a fictitious neighborhood. I could not find a Roosevelt Heights in Chicago. Personally, I could be incorrect. It might be existing. Yeah, I don't, I don't know Chicago, so I could not find it. But apparently, it was a formerly plush neighborhood that has basically aged out. It, its population has ended up being quite elderly and lives on a bit on the margins. And uh, you know, they go back and forth. They seem, but it seems over the course of the episode, to be a primarily Jewish neighborhood is the idea behind it. Mm-hmm. And. Yeah. Um, what we see is per usual it, it starts with a a murder by a supernatural being and this time what it's happening is a, a group of old men who are uh, who sneak off every i guess i believe it's friday night Mm-hmm. to uh, To play poker together, penny penny ante poker, um, so their wives can't see them and get angry at them for for doing it and breaking Sabbath. I, I think is the yeah. idea behind. I thought it, it was
1: it was kind of cute. It was like a bunch of old guys just playing because they even make the joke. The one guy they want him there, even though they don't like him, but because he's been known to lose as much as seventy five cents in a night, yeah, which is and he, funny.
0: And that guy they like they don't love playing with, but they like he likes to lose. He he's a security guard at uh, some sort of industrial like butcher abattoir. Like it's a big big thing and they go there because he's the security guard at night so they can use it and not have to worry about getting caught here's the
1: thing and so they, they really want to um establish that the neighborhood is it's not up to its former glory so things are so the, to really show that there's a real rat problem that they sort of keep saying like the city's not helping us take care of the rats but they're just leaving gigantic containers of meat just out in the open in an area they know is
0: infested it's like well you're not helping no problem at all maybe put a lid on that i was also just like i i would not want to get meat from this particular uh this particular yeah. industrial butcher place <laughs> yeah it was gross um and uh as they start playing the game wh- the the security guards is like oh i'll go get some glasses so we can have some drinks and he wanders off through the through this big big industrial building and as he's walking he hears something and he turns and he sees his rabbi who's like mm-hmm. by a garbage can there and he's just like oh my my rabbi's here and he He's just like, "Hey, did my wife send you? Sorry, we're here gambling." And he's like, you know, it's very friendly and the rabbi sort of holds his arms out as if uh, requesting a hug, to mm-hmm. which this man's just like, "Sure, I'll give you a hug." But what we the audience know is uh well, he sees his rabbi, we see a very large Bigfoot-looking creature, very hairy, very yeah. very monstrous, very tall. Yeah, they they don't
1: leave it uh to for the viewer to wonder what's happening you know right away this is a monster who is changing how it looks based on a person's own mind i guess yes yeah,
0: so it can it can i apparently read your mind pick a person who you like or trust i suppose this is what they'll say later it's like someone you trust and then it'll offer you a hug and it'll kill you in that hug yeah yeah it, it does a it killer bear hugs uh, question
1: though up until the very end of this episode we see this uh, several times where people will see this creature and it kind of puts its arms out in a very sort of loving embrace uh, gesture but it never says anything. No. And I thought that was part of it was that it never says anything um because it 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 just it's an image. It's not um an actual rep, you know an actual creation of the person. But then later at the very end of the episode it does talk.
0: Don't you think that they broke their rule a little bit? No, I actually think that what happened is and I I get it. I think it makes sense is and we're jumping ahead a bit, but at the end, obviously, Kolchak's going to have to run into it, and it's going to have to mm-hmm. appear as someone he trusts. And the problem is, you can't have much suspense in that moment, right? If you don't know. So at the end, when it appears as someone he trusts, that person talks and like tries to convince him that they are not, in fact, this monster. And I do agree; we never see it talk, and it doesn't. It does seem like it, it doesn't have that ability. But I think the writers were just like we like that scene would have just played with literally no tension.
1: Right, because it would have just kept walking closer without without saying anything. So you'd be like, "Well, we know it's the monster."
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, so I don't think you're wrong. I also was like went back and forth on like, "Are you breaking your own rules?" But I did at least give it because I I felt at least it was a tense moment at the end that I don't think would have mm-hmm. worked otherwise. Right, fair enough. But you're right. It up till the end, it does not appear to speak or be able to talk at all. <laughs> Yeah. And the only reason I
1: mentioned that, I know it seems like I'm splitting hairs, is because it almost seems like they go out of their way to not have the creature speak. Absolutely. Because people are because the characters sort of stand there almost zombie like um and seem kind of confused because it actually is the monster. So that's why I was like, Uh, eh, you guys bending things.
0: But You're again, not it's not wrong. like it's a, sl- it's, it's, it's a bit sloppy. I mean, the whole episode's a bit sloppy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, Carl, of course, he uh, he hears about this death on his police radio, and um, you know he thinks it sounds a little suspect. He's he's got a good he's got a good uh, he's got that reporter's brain. He hears and he's like <laughs> mm, dead man. I think that's a little suspect.
1: Yeah, but you know what? Like this is one of the few times he uh, he takes a story and he sort of pitches it. He pitches it to Vincenzo as like an actual local newspaper story, which is senior citizens who are sort of living in squalor who are being left behind in society and there isn't the same uh, safety net from the government to keep these people healthy.
0: Yeah, well, that's what it is. he goes to see he goes to check out the body and he has a look at it, and it's, it's quite apparently we're told it's quite badly eaten and the police are blaming it on rats. Right. And when he talks to, he finds, you know, the poker game buddies are hanging out and they're quite distraught over the death of their friend. And they're like, he only left like 30 minutes ago. If he had a heart attack and died, those rats must have aided him, eaten him very quickly. And Coltrick's like, well, there are a lot of rats here. It's it's weird, but there are a lot of rats here. And if, if there are that many rats to like devour a body that quickly, the city really has let these people down. He, yeah, it's very yeah. much he's like, this is a public interest story. This is a story about the government or the city failing people. And that's how, yeah, it's certainly how he, he puts this together.
1: I th- I think it's the first time in this show so far where we see him pitch a story like that. It's not like he was like, also, I think there might be a monster involved, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, it definitely, it definitely it's an interesting start. I liked it. It was kind of a different take for Kolchak to start on this story. Mm-hmm. Also, Jordan, did you notice when he goes and interviews the people who are at that poker game,
1: mm-hmm.
0: one of them... When they're talking to him, he's a, he introduced himself, I'm Kolchak, I'm a, I'm a local reporter, blah, blah. And one of the guys at that poker game says, aren't you with the health department? That's right. Yeah, yeah. And Kolchak obviously waves. Him, he's like, I was like, I think you're thinking of my brother. Like You know, that kind of thing. We've seen that guy before in a different episode where Kolchak introduced himself as being from the health department.
1: I know. He was the janitor.
0: He worked, yeah, building supervisor in that uh, the, moss, the Moss Murders, the one with the Moss man in the basement. I was just like, I really liked that they're like brought that character back it's like it's a nice little piece of continuity that i wish they would do more of
1: mm-hmm. yeah it I, I i realized after too because it was such a, a weird line that came in and i was thinking i actually the way i was able to to realize is i paused it and i went and checked the credits and i was like oh it is actually the same actor who was in that other episode
0: it was nice i this is where i was like why don't you you need to do this more you guys bring back marmalstein give marmalstein i was like this this is like it makes the world feel lived and i really liked it mm-hmm. yeah but at any rate, um, Coltec's pitching the story. Vincenzo's like, uh, he's, he's willing to hear about it. He's like, go out there, do some more reporting. Let's get a feature on this going. Um, and we also get to uh, hang out with Miss Emily a little at the office in a rare occasion.
1: Is this, now I might be mixing them up. Is this the episode where she's trying to write a novel?
0: Yes, this is where she reveals that she's only working at the paper because she's working on a detective novel, and she likes to use the like free paper and uh, typewriters here yeah. to help work on that detective novel. <laughs> I was like, "That's
1: fun. That's a fun little character."
0: It just makes me want an episode with Miss Emily. Like, I'm just like, bring Miss Emily into this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's also she says that she also that week is filling in on the advice column, which I thought was her full time job. But
1: <laughs> again, they don't really know what to do with a lot of these characters. I don't think anyone's paying terrible attention which is funny in an episode where you're bringing reference to an, another minor character that Kolchak talked to for 10 seconds they're bringing that reference back but they can't keep track of what Miss Emily does
0: well and Miss Emily's character I think she's had a few different names over the course yeah. of the series as well so she's slowly becoming who she is but there's a really weird part here and I could never quite figure it out but Miss Emily's like I'm having trouble with this one letter will you have a look at it and Vincenzo lo- or not Vincenzo Kolchak looks at it and says oh you should recommend to him a, co- a series of hormone doses? I didn't understand what the joke or the reference was at all.
1: I didn't really either. The only thing I could guess is later on she goes on a date with a well, guy, Well, that's right? it. At
0: the end of the episode, we cut back yeah. and the 72-year-old man who wrote this letter, who text like, he needs a series of hormone doses. He shows up and he's like, there to take Miss Emily out on a date. And he's like, well, that'll fix that. And I'm just like, I don't understand what this was I think trying it's, to make. I think what they're trying to,
1: to do is it's an advice column and he has some sort of uh uh sexual dysfunction or something. You think it was a reptile
0: dysfunction he was writing to the newspaper about?
1: Yeah, I think that's it's something along those lines, I think, is what it is. But it's so unimportant because it doesn't really matter to anything. It's just like a weird kind of line. It was such
0: a weird sequence with such a weird answer that I that I couldn't suss out. I was like, at first <laughs> I'm like I'm like, is he making a joke about like This man's trying to transition. He needs hormone doses. Like I was like, is that the joke? And then he shows up later and he's just like going on a date with Emily. I'm like, wait, was that a boner joke that I was supposed to understand? (laughs) I think it's a boner joke. Yeah, wild, wild. But yeah, it's very fun. We get to see a little Miss Emily and uh, learn about her aspirations of writing a detective novel. I was going to say, the reason they drop
1: that in is to give some, like you said, give a little tension later on when you're going to see her maybe the be the monster because the idea is that she's out researching a detective novel so it's plausible she'd be out in an alley
0: right 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 um back to the plot anyway um that night another uh, elderly couple decides to take a shortcut after going to a movie through a through an alley Uh, an alley they they themselves say is like i think people have been murdered down this alley i'm like don't go down murder alley you go (laughs) yeah luke you and i are going to a movie
1: and uh we're we're walking back to our car and we have parked far away and then we know there's an alley that someone has just been murdered in. And I say to you, do you
0: want to take the shortcut through the, the alley? Would you take it? I say, what are the odds there's going to be two murders in two nights? Pretty <laughs> unlikely. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. I guess you could say that. I, I would will, say. I will say. I, I'd if, stay away. If that is the place that man was like died. I guess they don't, they don't think it was a murder. They think rats killed him. So, of course, there's no police presence. That's So, it's fair, I think. I was going to say right, right. the police should be staking that alley out. But no one thinks it was it was suspect. So Yeah, that's true. Um, but yes, they, they go down this very swastika-covered alley.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's... And again, it's all going to tie together. But it is odd to see these characters not react
0: at all to these hateful images. And I... At this point, I did not realize this was going to become something to do with, like, the Hindu faith or whatever. Like, I didn't realize that's what the trajectory it was on. And I thought it was like... I was like, is this just though may like is this what the maison say of people's lives is in 1974 that there are just this many swastikas around that you would put them up as ba- as like set deck in a show uncommented upon because i was like because i'm like this is a jewish neighborhood these are all jewish people i'm like living under this kind of like i'm like is this what life was like this is like so oppressive and like disturbing
1: i knew it wasn't because it was too uh they're present. so prominently placed yeah they're just they're everywhere and they're also like they're not well done, it's just like every
0: couple feet there's just another one. And you're like, okay, it's it's too much to not they be. They were a just thing. so uncommented on that I didn't know what to do with them at 1st Mm-hmm. At any rate, this couple walks down this alley, they hear something, and they're like, uh oh, something someone down here. And then a police officer just steps out from around a corner. And, like, holds his arms out for a big hug. And the, they're so relieved. This couple's so relieved it's not a monster. They're like, ah, let's go hug this cop. Uh, of course, they're both dead uh, moments yeah. later. Yeah.
1: I, I, I'll make one uh, slight correction. I don't think it's a police officer. I think it is a security guard that they know. I guess so. They
0: they said he was a police officer.
1: Okay, maybe you're right. I thought it was that it was a security guard that they knew. That's why he was a,
0: someone familial. Well, uh, as we learn, chicken. it's supposed to be someone you trust. So I guess this must be someone they both knew, I, I suppose. Right. Uh, but anyway, more people are dead. And uh, one of those old guys from the poker game, he calls up Kolchak and he's just like, hey, there's these new deaths. you got to get down here. Something's up. Like this guy's really, this one guy from the poker game is really suspect of all these deaths that are happening. And uh, mm-hmm. when Kolchak goes down to, inv- to check it out, he sees the same thing. Rats have eaten the bodies. And this old man tells he says, like, listen, I've got a really good idea that someone's killing these people, and I think I know who. So the old man takes Kolchak to see a, a Indian restaurant that recently opened up in this neighborhood run by an old Indian man. And he says that this old Indian man has been going around the neighborhood painting swastikas everywhere. You know what? There was something, uh, something to this that
1: I don't know how you would maybe lean into, but the idea that... Uh, there's a neighborhood that's predominantly one culture and someone from another culture moves in and they are suspect of said person, I think there's some realism there that I think works. Uh, coupled with the fact of, obviously, if it's a Jewish neighborhood and this person is leaving what they see as very hateful symbols everywhere, Yeah, you, you would also then think, yes, he must be the, the, yes, the I reason mean, this, for these I believe
0: the old man says he's fair, quite sure he's a Hindu Nazi of some sort. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah um and he takes kolchak brown back to the back alley behind the indian restaurant which has a big fence around and he's like says kolchak should jump the fence there's lots of more swastikas he should get photos of behind the fence and kolchak of course jumps the fence and the old man waits for him in the alley basically to come back and as the old man waits for kolchak to take his photos he's sitting there and then around the corner walks another kolchak mm-hmm. yeah very like casually it looks like he just hopped
1: over the fence and walked around and started walking down the street and and we do get an interesting thing where the the guy Starman I think is his last name is he's uh he's sort of like hey what are you doing over there and then Kolchak's like I- I'm not over there and and then you just hear off screen a growl and like an attack which is we through the, this entire episode we never actually really see the attack you always just hear it
0: yeah yeah Kolchak jumps the fence and basically just finds glasses and shoes left from the from the old man who the monster just killed but the uh, the owner of the restaurant sticks his head out from a door and Kolchak hears him mumble the the phrase rack Rakshasha, which is the mm-hmm. monster's name, will come to discover and then disappears again. This this this, this old uh, Indian restaurant owner disappears, and the Kolchak's left to wonder what's going on. And really weird, Kolchak like walks out of the alley. Two police are just happen to be walking by, and then they arrest him for the murder of the old man. But there's no body. I, it was all very weird.
1: Yeah. Well, it's a uh, yeah. It, it, I mean, we've seen it before, which is Kolchak is always kind of at the the wrong place at the wrong time, you know? So it's just, like, he's there with what looks like a murder scene, so they arrest him. It does become... Uh, the next scene's kind of a funny little, like, lighthearted moment where they joke about police brutality.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was really weird because they don't find a body, so there's no murder. Like, there's no body. I think there is supposed to be a body, though. I think there's a parts of a body. Okay. But, anyway, yeah, he's dragged in. It's just so we get another scene where Vincenzo goes and bails out Kolchak, mm-hmm. and then Kolchak's back. It's so quick, and it... Ma- it- just added 10 minutes or just added five minutes to the show. There was no other purpose for it. Yeah. Kolchak basically is back on the street very quickly. And he goes to talk to an exterminator who once fumigated the INS offices.
1: Yeah, it's it's funny. He's just like,
0: I mean, this, this is very Kolchak, right? Of like. He wants uh, to learn about rats. So he goes to talk to the only guy he knows who knows about rats.
1: Yeah, and I like that the guy really just keeps uh, it, it, implying that the real problem is that Kolchak's, like, a slob. That was That's my favorite part, too. He's just like, building. yeah,
0: I remember, I remember doing your office. You were the one with all that half-eaten food on your desk. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Oh, and then there's a weird thing where, like, at one point, uh, the guy sprang. Because it, it, this is a very, like, um, uh, law and order kind of scene where the person, no matter they're getting questioned, they just keep doing their job. Yeah, they're just at work. There's, yeah, and so he's spraying, like, uh, some bushes and stuff, and at one point, he's accidentally sprays his sandwich, and he starts eating it. And Kolchak's like, you just sprayed your sandwich. And the guy's like, and it's full of chemicals anyway. <laughs> I was like, well, that's one way to look at it. I don't think it's full of poison, though.
0: At any rate, the purpose of the Exterminator is to basically confirm for Kolchak that there's no way rats could eat a human body in under a minute. It's just not possible. Yeah. It's, like, a very, too difficult.
1: Again, I would assume most people would know that Even if you had 50 rats eating a body, they're not piranhas, you know? Even piranhas can't do what we all think piranhas can do.
0: It's so funny you say that, and I don't know if you remember this, but literally that's the same thing that the exterminator says. Oh, is that right? I don't remember. It was such a weird reference to compare rats to piranhas. It made me laugh. (laughs) At any rate, Kolchak decides he's better go check out that Indian restaurant, so he decides to go there for dinner. Which is just the whole scene at the dinner is weird. The guy checking them in, like the host or the waiter, is is is, is a white guy. And he's supposed to be a white guy who works at this But you restaurant. don't know that at first. I didn't know that at first either because he's wearing a turban and it's this whole thing. And I'm just like, Ugh, are, is this the way they're going? But you get to learn it's kind of a gag that he works there but dresses this way.
1: And uh, another callback. Did you recognize the actor? No. <laughs> so it's a guy named Barry Gordon. And what we watched him in was he was playing the character of Billy in Super Train, the guy who uh, may or may not have been a murderer who was handcuffed the whole That's time in the, the same train. same guy? Same guy.
0: That's very funny. The, the yeah. Woody Woody Allen stand-in?
1: Yeah, one of the worst episodes of Super Train.
0: <laughs> <laughs> At any rate, so it's already a little off color with this guy dressed in a turban serving Kolchak, and then they bring out, he orders food and they bring the food out and they just make a bunch of jokes about how gross Indian food is and how it's going to give you diarrhea. And I'm just like, Indian food, literally one of the best foods on this planet. Like, this is like so dumb.
1: Well, there's there's a more interesting thing that they they mention in it. I can't even remember what he orders. It's something with that's meat-based and he mentions how little meat is in it. And at first I thought it was some sort of, like you're saying, because there's some other kind of like slams against the food. But really what the comment is, is that because this i think there's that this butcher is is the supplier of meat and because they're having such issues there's just not enough meat in the neighborhood i think that's what the comment Do you they're think making think that's which,
0: what they're trying to like that's the i thought that thread. was the comment but i
1: i didn't really know how it all tied together but that's how i i kind of read it maybe i'm being too forgiving
0: i think you might be too, I like i think the gag mostly is just like isn't indian food weird it's just like no not a, no not really <laughs> Well, regardless,
1: it doesn't really matter much because he's really there to interview this waiter to kind of find out about the owner, who is this older um, Indian man who may or may not have been putting swastikas all over the neighborhood.
0: Yes, yes. Um, and he, what he says is he's like, yeah, he's a bit of a weirdo. He likes to ask people who live in the neighborhood if they ever see their loved ones out at night. Uh, and it, even if they're dead, and he's like, it's kind of weird thing to ask people. I guess it's a weird thing to ask people. Like, yes, a to ask people. And, and he also
1: mentions that the guy is very insistent that he has to wash his hands before handling food and how weird that is.
0: <laughs> so this is such a weird episode. Yeah. <laughs> Kolchak, anyway, he excuses himself to go to the bathroom, but instead he sneaks into the basement of the restaurant, I guess. Would you have to get through by going through the backyard? of the, I, None of it makes any sense, the layout.
1: Well, what I think it is, is is um, the guy has like an apartment in the back of the, behind the restaurant. It's sort of like a dual, uh, uh, yeah. like a duplex property.
0: It doesn't, uh, yeah, the layout is confusing. Anyway, in the basement he finds this man has a bedroom in his basement full of candles and a bed and whatever and Kolchak's taking photos when the uh when the owner comes in, he walks in, he's quite elderly and looks quite ill, like he's, he's barely able to stand, but he is holding a crossbow. Mm-hmm. And he takes a he takes a pot shot with his crossbow at Kolchak and Kolchak takes off.
1: Yeah, he just misses Kolchak and Kolchak gets away. So again, uh at this point in the episode you think maybe he is a bad person or he's doing bad things. But I think, again, even at the time, I think the viewer
0: you know, has probably
1: clued in, clued in at this point as what's happening. Yeah, yeah.
0: Because that night, uh, the Rakshasa is up to its old antics again. This time, it finds a couple cops on patrol. Um, one cop, when it sees it, sees his uh, a guy named Sergeant Davino, who I guess is a mentor of his who's in the hospital. So he's confused about that. And the other cop sees his mother. So they both see different things. It's funny, though, because you would think that
1: would stop them but it doesn't because they're just not listening to each other the one guy's like hey my mom's there
0: and the other guy's like no it's the sergeant and they're like what are you talking about anyway <laughs> that's it like just like they just that's it one of them gets killed and the other one i lives long enough to to mention there's a difference or he like he's alive like that Coltech will later hear they both saw different things and they seem to imply the one <laughs> the one who survived is now i guess maybe locked up for uh mental health concerns <laughs> right right that's the solution. Um, but this basically gets Kolchak back on the street because he's he's heard about this. He's told Vincenzo that he did some research and discovered that the swastika isn't uh, just a Nazi symbol. It's also a Hindu one. So this is where we get our history lesson about that. Mm-hmm. And he goes to visit. he's got like, I need more information on what's going on here. Something's up. So I better go visit somebody who has some idea about Hinduism. And uh, that so I'll go find this white antique dealer who, who sells what certainly aren't legally acquired artifacts from India. It was really weird, wasn't it?
1: And I mean, this is in line with the show with this is not the first time we've seen Colchat go to a museum to get information. Again, the bad medicine episode. It was the same thing. Yeah, and this yeah. is a replication of that same scene, which is we're going to go to this white person. They're going to tell us about this culture. And then I'm going to see like something on the wall that shows me the information I need that's conveniently there. But it is a weird way to go about this that they've now done multiple times.
0: I mean, it's certainly a sign of the times and, and you know, sign of many, like, in this in TV, and even probably till very recently. It's just, like, it's just very funny to watch someone, like, want to get information on a culture, just to go find the white person they can find, tell them about it. Yeah, because, I mean, again, even when he went to the
1: Indian restaurant, which you're like, okay, I guess you could, that's one way to get information. He talks to the white waiter
0: yeah there's just not there are no actors available of these <laughs> ethnicities you can't get them they just don't exist
1: <laughs> so anyway the point is this you know the the scene goes on for a while and kolchak's like purposely annoying did you and... did you
0: like the antique dealer's joke oh uh, what was the joke again he's showing some people a statue and he's just like i believe he says the statue is from when the cult of kelly flowered and then that nobody nobody does anything he's gonna explain like get it cauliflower. That's right. And I'm like, yeah. it wasn't really a joke. All this, all this for this one joke, you guys. Good job.
1: Yeah. So anyways, he sort of annoys the guy. He gets a bit of information. The guy doesn't want him in the store, but Kolchak does his usual thing where he's touching stuff. And eventually the guy gives him a little bit of the information he needs. And then, as I mentioned, he sort of sees on the wall A, uh, it's not really a painting, but it's some sort of uh visual representation of this uh, this Rakshasa character, this this sort of evil spirit that possesses a man's mind, is what they say. Yeah,
0: so I've got all the did you not get all the details about what the Rakshasa is? Well, it's an evil spirit that possesses a man's mind, it's a disciple of the evil Ravanana, sure, who who possesses a man's mind, eats their flesh. And it sends its emissaries into the living world to determine if now is the right time for their reappearance. And the only That's way it right. can be killed is with a crossbow and blessed arrows.
1: I like that it was specifically a crossbow. So if you're using a bow and arrow, not going to work.
0: Not going to work, my friend. Gotta have you a crossbow. Yeah.
1: And then, you know, by the way, this led me... I was watching this late at night, and this led me into Wikipedia and then into other places. I just spent more time than I should have just reading about crossbows.
0: <laughs> you <laughs> are a lot like, oh. like... There's something I wasn't going to talk about, but you are a lot like Ron Upton. <laughs> I, I,
1: sadly, I am. But I was just like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And then I got in, way into reading... I got... Anyways, there, it, it was one of those little wormholes. It was
0: the most random sequence in this show where Kolchak walks in the office and says... Something about a cro- like you have to use a crossbow and then Ron Updike just gives a history of crossbows and longbows from medieval times for like 30 <laughs> seconds. He just gives it like a weird history about them that's unrelated to anything and they just stare at him and you are like, get out of here, Ron. Well, it was it started with because I
1: wanted to see how authentic it was from that specifically time period in that region for crossbows that's what i was because i knew that's where crossbows originally came from but i was trying to see how how authentic that was but then i just got caught on my own little like reading about bows and arrows and you and ron there we
0: just sit down have a great combo <laughs> <laughs> at any rate kolchak has information on what this is and how to kill it so he returns to the restaurant owner's place and finds the restaurant owner in bed he seems i don't know if he's injured or if he's just dying of old age he just seems he's just very dying infirm. of old age yeah. And this is, again,
1: this is an interesting idea that if the show wasn't so specifically and narrowly focused on Kolchak, I think there is uh, there's a fun team up or something that can happen. There's almost like a Buffy the Vampire Slayer thing going on. Well, that's, you what, know, where that's there's
0: exactly like, what this man is.
1: Yeah. He's an old guy. He spent his life chasing this this uh, creature, this uh, this force. Not just this to, creature. There's a bunch of that. Like, he hunts yes. Raka shakas. Yeah. R- and, which is which is really cool it's like this idea and he's been doing it for so long and he realizes and he tells Kolchak hey sorry I shot at you but to be fair this thing can look like other people I've been doing this for so long and I realize I'm getting too old that's the reason I missed you I'm just too old and I can't see very well I can't move very well and I need someone else to do this sort of thing and I thought there was a maybe not better episode but maybe uh, less traditional for this show where it could have been him sort of almost training Kolchak to become this this person or Kolchak helping him find the next person that would stop this force or I don't know there's something in there that I think they only really give a scene to and I'm like I think there's maybe a, a more, at least a more interesting episode it
0: is funny because right at the end he does explain this like he's 80 he's been hunting them his whole life he's killed quite a yeah. few but he has no one to pass on this legacy mm. to and he looks at Kolchak he's like well it's not you for sure like look at you and I'm just like <laughs> Okay, I'm like, I'm like, that's the plot to an entire episode, and you guys just were like, ah, never mind. He just like kind of gives Kolchak the crossbow to protect himself, but he's not like take over for me or anything. He's just like, ah, you're not gonna work, so uh, I guess I'll die and no one will take over. But you know what I mean? Like, this is
1: not. They have a formula, and their formula works to some extent. So I get why they don't want to get out of that. But it was like, you guys had this right here. This is this even just the last act can be something different. But they're just like, no, that's not what this show is. So. We know of the information now. It's going to be cold. Jack has what he needs, which is this this crossbow and arrows, these blessed arrows, and so we
0: know what the third act is going to be. I have one serious question for you, though. You are a man who has hunted uh, rakschas for eighty years, or for mm-hmm. sixty years. You're eighty years old now. You've been hunting them your whole life.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's your whole reason for being. Why? Why did you start an Indian restaurant as your cover? I it's know. like. That's so much more work for you. So much more unnecessary work for I, you.
1: I know. And it's and not to like get bogged down, but it could have just been a line of dialogue of uh, it's some sort of front. He needs it as like, who knows? He needs it to be able to get into the country. He needed a business or something. And maybe it's like, who cares? But it is funny because you're like, well, that's, a, yeah, that's, a, that's a, you've chosen a very difficult business to run. That's going to take a lot of your time away from, you know, Rakshasa hunting.
0: Yeah, it, I, w- I was laughing so hard. I'm just like I. These, this is the worst cover you could have possibly done.
1: <laughs> yeah. Anyways, it doesn't. The, the important point is he's out of the episode. Don't give him any more screen time. And uh, Kolchak has the crossbow. Yeah, Kolchak has a crossbow
0: now. This is of course where he walks out and uh, bumps into Mrs. Emily. She's hiding behind a thing. And as we said, now the Rakshasa can speak for the first time. It's trying to convince Kolchak that it that it's miss emily that miss emily was following him because she was getting research done for her detective novel and not to shoot her with that crossbow i I thought it was tense enough like i actually was like Mm -hmm. not a hundred percent sure which way they're gonna go with it and i will say when he finally does shoot miss emily in the chest with that with that crossbow it's very funny watching miss emily get hit with that crossbow before turning into the monster it was nicely done
1: yeah. And uh, could you imagine if they just said, you know what, we're going to go in a different direction. He's actually going to accidentally shoot Emily.
0: I considered it for a second. I'm like, I'm like, it would be wild if this was turned out to actually be Miss <laughs> Emily and he shot her. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But it's not what they do. Of course, he does shoot the uh, she sh- shoots the creature who dies. I love it. Then, when he shoots
0: uh, the creature and then it becomes a creature, it just kind of like falls over very gently.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it had those uh, those
0: blessed arrows. That's true. That's true. Um, and, you know, it kind of ends with the classic denouement scene, which I'd forgotten about, but uh, is, a, is a Kolchak classic. He kind of just, like, is writing up his story, dictating his thoughts around it. And there's mm-hmm. nothing really... He sort of mostly talks about how he would never tell Miss Emily he shot her because she'd be too sad about it. Was is his conclusion to the episode. And I have a legitimate question for you here, Jordan. Mm-hmm. Is this... This has to be the first time ever that Kolchak has the evidence... Of the supernatural creature he defeated. And actually can publish a story. Yeah, you might be right. I was I was wondering about that too. Because
1: I couldn't remember in previous episodes. Like, what is he ever publishing? It's never quite clear. But I guess you might be right. This might be the first time he can go
0: case closed. It's the only time they've ever ended an episode where they haven't explained, like, why he isn't able to publish. And I'm just like, this... So I think this is it. I think he actually has now caught a monster proved it and I was able to write a story about it I'm like maybe this is what it is is maybe this is why he's able to stay employed is one out of every like 25 times he does this he actually like kill he actually gets evidence and so like yeah. he's able to stay in business as a writer. right
1: now I got a question for you do you think the restaurant the uh, um, I can't remember what they called the restaurant Lakshmi restaurant do you think it stayed in business after this
0: I can't I can't imagine with that one waiter taking over I don't think so
1: <laughs> you're probably right. All right, shall we move on to episode two? Yeah, Mr. Ring, or R-I-N-G.
0: Here is the IMDb summary for episode 12, Mr. Ring. I don't know when exactly I was in this office last. Some ways it seems like I never left, but no, no that's not right. It, well, for at least a few days I was away, far away in the hands of men with no faces and no names. They broke me down, broke my story down, telling me how it hadn't happened the way I claimed. At least I think that's what they did. Between injections. Kolchak investigates a U.S. military-developed weapon called Ring, a robot which uses deadly force to defend itself against those who would harm it.
1: What did ring stand for?
0: Did you write it down? You want to know what ring stands for? They don't tell us till yeah. very late in the episode, but I've yeah. got it written down. Give me a second. Ring stands for Robomatic Internalized Nerve Ganglia. <laughs> I knew it was something dumb. Ring is better, I guess. Ganglia ruins it. <laughs> you think ganglia is the thing that's or uh, not Robomatic, though.
1: <laughs> Robo max fine ganglia if i was in that that conference room i would have laughed and laughed you <laughs> know i'm going to say one thing about ring mr ring he looks so much like questor at one point um a show uh a tv movie watched way way back um in terms of that like uh, putty like skin they have like he's wearing like a like a a leotard all over but this he has a um, which I love. I love the, the this time period of the robotic faces. So you have um, he's got lights and like wires and stuff that don't seem to have any function. But for whatever reason, they've decided to give him like pronounced sort of uh, face. Like there's no actual eyes or mouth or anything like that. There's no features, but his face is like pushed out. Yeah, he's and it's he's very weird looking.
0: Got a human body. Yeah, but his head is basically a human's head, but like there's like a porthole on the front of it that extrudes outward, and that inside is not a face, but just like lights and wires and circuits. So there's no face at all. It's just like a porthole with just electronics in the center of it, where the face yeah. should be.
1: No, let me ask you: Is that because he wasn't finished, or because they were like, we want to make him as humanoid as possible, but who cares about a face?
0: I, I think they didn't care about the face. I think that's what it was
1: right it just is so odd to make everything else so lifelike and then make the it, it looks like a
0: person walking around with like an old iMac on their head <laughs> it's a, i will say this it makes for a very disturbing robot to look at which is the point of the episode it's supposed, yes. you're supposed to be afraid yes. of this robot and i was just like i would not want to bump into this robot i would also be afraid of it
1: what he what the robot does is it puts a bask on top to look more humanoid and that somehow makes it look way creepier
0: It's, honestly, I thought of of the monsters they fought, and I was like, this one, there's something very unnerving about this one.
1: Yes, yes.
0: (laughs) Because, anyway, this episode starts, it's a bit of a shift on formula for Kolchak. It's interesting, like, they have done things where, like, it starts with Kolchak telling you the story at the end. So it's like, kind Mm -hmm. of, after the episode's over, we're getting, like, a a precursor, but... For some reason, Kolchak this time seems very confused. He's complaining his memory's fading. And he's got to, like, dictate into his dictaphone as much as he can remember where it goes. And I I was like, I'm like, okay, what an interesting way to start this. Like, I don't know where this is headed now. Yeah, he's...
1: He's very disoriented and sort of disheveled. And he even admits, I don't even know if I'm remembering this properly because of... He says at one point, he's like, what they did to me. Maybe they put electrodes on my head. I don't know. And you're like, oh, what has just happened? But he's like, I got to get it down as fast. Yeah, I can I, because it's all I have. It was a, nice, a nice tease to
0: the episode. I was like, oh, what is going mm-hmm. to happen in this episode? But yeah, basically we immediately see this Mr. Ring robot. I don't think they ever call him Mr. Ring in the episode. But since that's the name of it, we're going to call him Mr. Ring. Mr. Ring. He's uh, he's at this... uh tyrell institute which i guess is a secret government installation that like makes stuff for the military yeah and which is
1: like synonymous with evil yes yes
0: exactly <laughs> and uh mr ring essentially is is escaping from a bed he's he's laying on killing the doctor who's working on him um and escaping off into the into the night basically and what yeah, we see it's,
1: is it's that scene you've seen a million times It's like he's laying on the bed the doctor's not paying attention he sits up, kills the doctor, and then breaks out.
0: And Mr. Ring seems to go on a rampage. He, he kills a postal worker uh, who loves hot Texas chili. He's addicted to it, we're told. <laughs> that was one of the things I loved about Kolchak, is
1: Kolchak in his voiceover gives the most specific details of people that really don't have uh, any reason to be uh, spoken other than it just colors the characters
0: yeah and the po- the post worker's only killed for basically terminator style reasons is the robot just needs a set of clothes so he's not like uh, a, a man in a bodysuit walking around he gets he gets a, the post worker's clothes and as you said he then smashes a store window and steals a mask in, a, in an effort to give him more of a human face but the as you said the mask he steals is like something from like the purge or friday like he like puts on a serial killer mask essentially it's scarier (laughs) almost than the faces it's actually awesome because it's like if you were to knock that mask off and then you saw the circuit board porthole behind it it would be like it's a nightmare it's a nightmare come to life this robot
1: yeah and then and then we're gonna say later on it's it's like there's something funny about it the robot it's like it doubles down it's like my face looks weird here i'll put a human face on he's like not enough and then he puts like plaster and stuff on his face like cosmetic type stuff which makes him even creepier looking because now he just looks like like a clay monster person and i just thought it was funny a little
0: later in the episode yeah he's gonna break into a mortuary to steal basically putty and makeup they use on corpses to make them like have an open casket and we literally get a scene where the robot sculpts because mm-hmm. the mask is a human mask but it's like orange and we've got a star it. like it's 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 looks like it's not a mask, like a hockey helmet or something. Like, it doesn't quite look like a human's face. So he uses it as a template to to yeah. sculpt a putty human face over top of it. But he's not a very good sculptor. So it looks so... <laughs> aw- like, it looks so terrifying.
1: Yeah, he, he ends up having that sort of, like, um, Michael Myers-esque sort of look to him. That's very blank
0: uh very human face very much falls into that like slasher thing where like a michael mm-hmm. myers or a jason who is like an unstoppable killer because every time we see him he's just like throwing people around he can walk through walls it it's a very for what's a bit of a lit down in the end it's it's a very potentially scary like monster on the loose
1: mm-hmm.
0: at any rate this monster's on the loose this robot and uh Koltak doesn't know anything about it yet though he he arrives at work uh at ins and apparently he was playing hooky from work the day before because he gets called into vincenzo's office immediately and it's a very funny scene i quite like this where vincenzo's was like where were you yesterday And he's just like oh uh, you remember that drowning that happened up at lake wherever like just north of the city he's like something seemed a little off to me about the about like the the findings the police had about the drowning so i went up to check it out and vincenzo's like well what'd you find he's like oh i found they were right so i stuck around and fished all day (laughs) yeah and so
1: as a punishment Vincenzo has like a
0: real easy story
1: for a reporter, which was, I can't even remember what it was, but it's basically like go down to San Francisco and like have a good time. So he sends Ron and then Kolchak's very irritated because he wanted to go down to San yeah, Francisco. Yeah.
0: Well, it's the, it's the trial of the century is happening in San Francisco and uh, it would have been Kolchak's case because he's a better reporter for it, but because he wasn't there yesterday, Ron got it. And now mm-hmm. Kolchak has to do Ron's job. And that's write An obituary about the computer scientist who died the other day. Which, of
1: course, for our purposes is great because now he's on the case that we we know about.
0: And Kolchak, you know, he needs to get some background on the on the dead scientist. So he goes to visit the uh, deceased's widow. And um, she's a little drunk.
1: Great character, by the way.
0: Yeah, she's she's pretty good. And uh, she she sort of tells Kolchak, she's like, oh, uh, my husband works at Terrell Institute. I'm told he had a heart attack, but no one will let me see the body. And he's just like, Kolchak's like, what's the Terrell Institute? I've never heard of it. And she's like, of course not. It's like the most secret organization in the military. No one hears about it. I don't even know anything about it. The only thing I know is he's working on something called Project Ring. And this Mm -hmm. is all just to, like, you know, fire Kolchak's engines of, like, this is very strange.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and, and then she also uh, alludes that her husband may have been having an affair with someone else that worked at the company, this woman Leslie. And she's she's sort of, like, again, she's uh, being a little dramatic because she's been drinking. So she's obviously in mourning, but she's also upset. So... Uh, you know, the, the she's like uh, she's kind of just throwing off information. You know, and yeah, she doesn't yeah. She's really like, go
0: talk to this doctor Leslie Dwyer. Maybe she knows what happened to him since they were so close. And she'll later retract that and be like, it was more of an intellectual affair, and in that they like had stuff to talk about, and I didn't care about what my husband did for a <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, and as Kolchak leaves, and he kinda noticed as he pulled up too, but there there's someone from the Terrell Institute basically staking out the widow's house. And as Kolchak leaves, he he's spotted this guy staking it out. He he pulls up and like is like, Hey, see you're here staking them out. Like he kind of calls this guy out for like, I, I can tell what you're doing here. You're not so undercover that I don't see you. And this basically mm-hmm. puts Terrell in student high alert that Kolchak's up to something.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, and and Kolchak knows that Uh, They the information is sensitive enough that just him questioning the wife has raised their alarm. Exactly.
0: As he leaves, he picks up on his police radio per usual robbery in progress at a mortuary. And this is where Mr. Ring is stealing all the uh, makeup from the from the uh, morticians. And uh, as he pulls up, Mr. Ring is like kicking his way through a window and then walking down the street just like total chaos. He's tossing cops in the air. He's tearing like infrastructure off of buildings collapsing it onto people mr mr ring is an unstoppable force as most kolchak bad guys are
1: now do you think this uh works with what we are are going to learn about mr ring and his personality and his programming does this all make sense how much destruction he's causing
0: it's it's a bit nebulous what we're gonna learn is because his purposes and goals when we find out later they seem to be to develop mr ring seems to be out to develop their what would you say their moral their their moral programming never got finished and it wants to conclude mm-hmm. its moral programming its moral and ethical programming but it's doing a lot of killing along the way and I, I guess what we're supposed to know is like it's a child so it hasn't quite learned everything and like even as early it's early steps here are not to like conclude that first its first goal is to like give itself a human face and kill as many people as it takes to get that human face
1: well and i think they they don't quite explicitly say it but it's sort of has a fight or flight response is all fight mm-hmm. um which fine i guess that makes sense i just don't know it seems like it's going out of its way to attack sometimes i don't know if it quite works with what we learn uh, later I mean, on because episode... that's the feeling
0: i had at the end i was like does that make sense Like the last episode, it's all a little slop because even here as the cops are trying to stop it, one of like the the cop in charge is like, don't shoot it. Whatever you do, you're not allowed to shoot it. And then it escapes and Kolchak's like, which is a very funny commentary." He walks up. He's like, he's like, normally you cops are pretty trigger happy. Uh, Why aren't you shooting it? And he's just like, none of you, never your, none of your business, Kolchak. And of course, Kolchak then sees this cop go talk to some military general who happens to be there. And Kolchak's like, that's weird. I'm going to follow the military general. That leads him back to the Terrell Institute as usual. And, you know, Kolchak tries to talk his way in. doesn't work. And he's just like, well, I better go talk to this Dr. Leslie Dwyer to find out what's happening at this Terrell Institute. Because this appears to all be tied together. So he does go talk to Leslie. I like how
1: again she she does not want him there, and he's just like man, not a big deal. I like, come on in, and uh, and he gets he gets some information from her.
0: Yeah, it, she won't tell him anything. She claims not to know anything about ring, and she says she was la- la- laid off from the place, so she doesn't know anything. Mm-hmm. And Kolchak gets like this is another one of those like timestamp things that's like a little unfortunate for the yeah. character. He's just like, well, you're you're a little too pretty to be a scientist, aren't you? Yeah, it's
1: it's it's you're making it better than what it is. He's like he's like. You got a great body into that dress. You have lovely legs. And he like goes on and stuff. And you're like, is that what Kolchak would say? But it's the only reason it's it's done is, yes, there's a little bit of just uh, misogyny of the time, but also it's so the guy that's with her can come out in his bathrobe shaving to be like,
0: yeah, her, her very oh, line, get out of here, buddy.
1: Out. Yeah. And that's really it. It's just, it's a way to get him out of the room,
0: I guess. Yeah. Basically, Kolchak gets kicked out by this boyfriend and that concludes the scene. Yeah. I suppose it's also to let us know that they she wasn't having an affair with the other scientists, but it, it's all, like, pointless, mostly. Yeah, well, I thought it was going to be
1: a thing where he was purposely, in kind of Kolchak fashion, like, playing the role of the cad to sort of, like, get a reaction out of her, but it's, it's not what it is. He just, he's being himself.
0: Yeah, and then they... Sp- they spin their wheels a little more. He goes to talk to the uh, senator from Illinois because he's, I guess, on the, uh, what did they say? The appropriations committee that funds the Terrell Institute. But this guy also mm-hmm. won't tell him anything. It's just like, he's just like, nah, I'm not telling you anything. And I'm going to call Terrell and the military and say that you're poking around. Um, and the purpose of this, I guess, is he talks to the senator. And then when he goes back to the office, Vincenzo's just like, what, what have you done? Um, I'm once again being threatened by the government. They're going to shut down the paper because of whatever you're poking your nose into.
1: Yeah. And I'll tell you, I think this was the weak part of this episode. I mean, there's several things, but the thing that bothered me was something you just said. He goes to the one person. They don't give him any information. Then he goes to the military place. They don't give him any information. Then he goes to the senator. They don't give him any information. Because, Which makes sense because all these there's this high security, so no one wants to talk to him. But in terms of the structure of this episode, it's very hard because... He needs to get information. We need Jack to get bits of information to put it together, but they're not giving it. So, so much of the episode has gone by at this point, and he still needs to piece things together. So how they do it is this library sequence that we're going to get, and I just think it's 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 resolved in a very stupid way.
0: Yeah, it's because, they. I mean, it makes sense. They want him to be stonewalled left and right. So yes. the way he puts it together is, uh, immediately after this, he hears about a robbery at a library, and he goes there and, like, Mr. Ring has like literally like Kool-Aid man his way through a wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he's, he's gone through and he's, he looked at the books and said, not for me. He
1: goes over to the audio tapes. Well, oh, What do they call them? Like books for the blind or they're something, They're books right? for
0: the blind. <laughs> they, they, as we would call them these days, audio books or books on tape. But in this world... You they got switch it, it back to books for the blind. But yes, he, he's been there. Apparently what he's done is he was stealing some uh, books for the blind about philosophy and humanities and You know, scared the librarian who was there um, and uh, because she saw his horrifying putty face when he busted (laughs) through the wall. (laughs) Um, And this jogs Kolchak's memory. When he was at Dr. Dwyer's house, he remembered that she had a bunch of books for the blind at her place as well, also about philosophy. So he's just like, hmm, an interesting coincidence. And he goes to go talk to Dr. Dwyer, but when he gets there, he finds out that Mr. Ring showed up the night before and abducted her. But
1: here's the dumb thing, Luke. Do you remember how he finds out she took out books too? Oh, well, that comes up in the next scene. Okay, so that's that's the thing. It's like, it, it, there's and it's done in voiceover, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think what it is is he's just like, oh, you used to be able to uh, just get information from the library, but they don't give it out anymore, so I know someone who is able to get me that information, and really quickly they could find out who took out a book so i know it's leslie so i'll go over there it's well, like just and that's
0: like because no- he goes to leslie's place because he remembers she had books and she's missing so then he goes back to the then he goes back to the office and he has he has miss emily call all the libraries who have yeah. books for books on tape or whatever and one of them has books that was recently taken out for philosophy and humanities and he's able to get them to tell them the phone number of the person who took it out, and then he calls someone he knows who can use a get a phone number to get you an address. And from that address, he finds out that this lady owns a summer home on a lake yeah, nearby. I just,
1: I just thought it was so dumb to have this like character off screen who we don't know who it is who does the legwork for Kolchak in an episode where we've seen Kolchak do a bunch of legwork that amounts to nothing. You know, it's like why not have him meet this guy and have them investigate this way well, and just, show uh, any of this. Here's
0: the thing. You're skipping a bunch of scenes. Like he still goes back to the widow's house a second time where she right. talks about how her husband was into micro circuitry and how someone else, how the lady, Mrs. Dwyer was into like, I don't know, uh autonetics or something. And he's just like, Oh, that sounds an awful lot like robots. Like he does so much legwork that goes nowhere in this episode. Like that yeah. it's so weird. Like it's all legwork that goes nowhere. This episode. <laughs> exactly. Yeah anyway so yeah he they call libraries they find out more books were taken out they use a phone number to find out that she owns a lake house the lake house is a mansion for some reason
1: yeah the lake house is like it may be the same uh uh, like haunted house they've gone to like three times in this show because it's so huge and you get like kolchak goes the door there's no one home he's kind of like walk around looking we get to see a very like you're saying sort of like uh, uh halloween or friday the 13th kind of shot of this creepy putty face just looking out the window at him um so we know the robot's there he does eventually break in i think i think he breaks in right
0: yeah i mean it's much like the other episodes we've seen where he goes to someone's house and breaks in the middle of- like i think it- that was that devil dog one with the uh senator who was the- who had a deal with the devil. Oh, Very similar with that episode <laughs> very similar he breaks into a mansion and wanders around yeah. And it is, there's a moment there where you think it's going to become a serial killer stalker kind of sequence because we do see him walking around the house and every time yeah. we turn around like that putty face is watching him but Kolchik doesn't know it yet. So you think there's going to be like – but it doesn't happen. What happens is he walks into a room and finds Dr. Dwyer and she basically explains everything. She's like, oh, you want to know what's going on with Project Ring and Mr. Ring and all these things? It's like, here's the deal is – I helped build him with that other scientist, but uh, the military wasn't happy because we built a sentient robot that's basically a child that's just learning about morality and like Mm -hmm. ethics, but they want a murder bot because they're the military. So they're unhappy. I was let go, and this other doctor I was working with was told to basically, you know, kill the project. Like, that's why the robot was on the table. They were going to basically turn it off forever. Um, Mm -hmm. It has a, but they've also built it with a survival sense. So, it's fight or flight reflex was to kill this man and then go on the run.
1: Yeah. Which is supposed to explain why its behavior is being the way it is. It's sort of it's it's all self preservation is all it is. Because it just wants to finish its programming and the way it sees to do that is to listen to philosophy books on tape
0: yeah for whatever reason that's the only way it can so that's why it, it tracked down Dr. Dwyer tracked down Dr. Dwyer now it's trying to help it finish its ethical and moral training Um, and like it it's so funny she's telling it this and then like she's telling Kolchak this and then Mr. Ring just like punches through a door and walks into the room
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah but I like it and she's like it's not gonna attack and I remember th- uh, like if I was in that situation I'd be like I think it will attack it, it just punched its way through a door people yeah anyways and then we get to hear like mr robot talk and it's very robotic mr robot what's it called mr <laughs> mr ring mr ring
0: yeah it is there it lead to one funny moment where they're like she's like just ask it a question you can talk to it like a human being and uh, Kotex, oh, yeah. like, uh what time is it and then mr ring's like i don't know dude get a watch
1: <laughs> yeah it's yeah he asks the time it is it, is, it says why don't you just get a clock then he asks uh it it pie to something degree it does it and he's like i wouldn't have known if you're right anyways then he asks it who the father of modern psychology is it says it gives this long answer about freud but it could other things and then he asks them the difference between right or wrong and that sort of stumps him and that's to illustrate that it still hasn't had enough like you're saying a moral and ethical training to be able to answer that question and just then the military shows up
0: yeah it's it's okay yeah, at that moment all the military pulls up in front of this building they storm the building. They just shoot Mister Ring dead.
1: Yeah, it's. I thought it was going to be like a, 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 like a sort of classic Incredible Hulk sort of scene. You know, the military shows up. He's going to throw tanks around and stuff. But yeah, it just comes down the stairs, and she's like, "It's fine." And the military is like, "Shoot him." They shoot him like once he's dead. I'm like, oh. which is so
0: funny to me because, like, half an hour before this, Mister Ring was punching his way out of a mortuary with the cops around him, being led by a military general who was telling them not to shoot Mister Ring. They, but the, the, and then we would come to learn that they all this entire time all they wanted to do was decommission the robot but they wouldn't shoot him earlier in the episode like they should just I didn't understand like this doesn't make any sense
1: yeah it felt like there should have been a line where they were like now that we know blah 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 we can shoot him you know
0: I guess but like even when she says she explains she's like that guy was killed at the beginning because they were trying to decommission him it's just like so there was no like the only reason he wasn't shot earlier was to make the episode go longer. <laughs> can you imagine
1: if that was the line he's like no, no no don't shoot him we have 20 minutes left
0: we got we got a lot of time left in this episode still and it, anyway we cut back to the end of the episode where we started the episode kolchak's stumbling back into the ins he's dictating this entire story into his uh into his tape recorder because of what happened apparently is after they shot the robot the military dragged him and dr dwyer off and treated their brains with mind wave drugs so he is like He even is even saying, he's like, I doubt I'll believe myself in the morning. But there's something far more nefarious that the government has drugs they can just wipe your brain with and they send you back into the world.
1: Again, I know it's maybe harder to fit into the formula that this show has to stick by, uh, evidently. But isn't that more of an interesting episode? Like a bottle episode of Kolchak stuck in a place and he's getting drugged or he's getting... um, some sort of uh, his brains being altered in some ways and he has to get out or he has to figure out what's happening but he can't trust his own mind there there's a cool episode there but like that's not what this is they just like they're just like oh yeah all that cool stuff it all happened off screen
0: yeah yeah absolutely i mean even when it started and he was like confused i was just like oh are we gonna learn that like they've replaced kolchak with a robot or something you know none of these things happen it's just yeah. like a kind of dull ending to a, a sadly a dull episode yeah
1: it was kind of a dull episode i'd agree
0: yeah, I don't know. That wraps it up. Do you have any final thoughts you want to throw, throw into this? Any little notes we didn't get to?
1: Um, I don't think so. I'm curious as to what the next um, uh, culture is that we're going to we're going to be offensive about. Yeah,
0: that's, they love it. They love it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right. It wasn't the first episode wasn't like aggressively rude to those no. cultures, but they also were like there wasn't a single character with maybe the exception of the restaurant owner just because he didn't have that many scenes, but like. All of the Jewish characters were just represented by, like, the most stereotypical things you yes. could do. They weren't, like, actively offensive, but they weren't, like, they were just, like, I don't know, what's what's a 70s Jewish person like? And it's just, like, so, it's so hack.
1: It's, it's a shorthand of... Uh, we know what you guys want. We know what the stereotype is. Let's just do that because it's quick and easy. That's basically what it is.
0: Yeah, it, so that, you know, which is so funny because what the monster's from a completely different culture, but, like, the culture they're maligning is, they're like, it's all <laughs> such a weird episode all around. Well,
1: while we're talking about what would you give the first episode, I I, I could even start. I'm going to give it a higher, uh, higher score than I think it probably warrants, partly because I was happy to come back to Cold Check, and I think overall, I liked the episode.
0: I just, it just didn't quite work. And I think there was a lot of that. So I'm going to give it a six and a half. Six and a half. Fair enough. I mean, you're not wrong. It's nice to be back with Darren McGavin as Coltshack. Like, he's a very compelling man to watch in this character. Yeah. The episode itself was just like, A, the othering has always sucked. The episode itself was weak all around. Like, it just kind of was like, kind of weak in general. Yeah. Um, and like we said like there's some cool ideas they never get into i like the end with miss emily there is some tension there so it's kind of like mm. a nice ending to it i uh, i don't know i'm going to give it a 4 it's not that it's low, not huh? their best outing by any means yeah
1: it's it, it suffers from i i it feels like they're uh, they're starting to um just tread through well-worn paths already and they're only 11 episodes in which wouldn't have bode very well for a long run series. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it just feels like, I know we know a little bit of what kind of happened, but it does feel like already they're they're grasping at straws. They're like, oh, yeah, this is another sort of uh, monster of the week, which again, I've said, I don't mind the idea of a monster of the week. I kind of think it works well for the show. It's just that you need to take interesting new angles to keep the viewers interested. And what they're falling into is a formula that's starting to feel more and more stale with every week.
0: Yeah, I mean that's just it. It's just like the formula has run out of steam, so they need to either like I'm not saying don't do much for the week, but I like you need to find more to do. And I think what it is is like you need to bring more characters in.
1: Yeah, that that's one answer. And the and the problem, like you're saying, is this next episode. Um, what do you call it, uh, Mr. Mr. Ring, Ring? Him as this unstoppable force. Interesting, because as we've established, Kolchak is not a strong person. He is not someone who's gonna physically fight with the person the problem is this is at least the third or fourth if not fifth time we've had an unstoppable force that he can't physically overcome it's like well he has done it now so it's like why not a villain that has to attack his intelligence or has to attack something else for Kolchak that we see a different part of him I would say the thing
0: is too like it's an unstoppable force that Kolchak never interacts with until the last two minutes of the episode so it's not even like it's an unstoppable force that Kolchak has to confront he never confronts it Well, it's true because that's the only thing they've come up with. It's
1: different creative, which is here's something that's physically imposing. You can't stop it. So we're just going to come up with a different way to beat it. We've had um, him stab the zombie and put salt in its mouth and accidentally get it hung. We've had him show a reflection to the uh, bird man who steals like the magpie guy. We have him accidentally electrocuting the uh, Jack the Ripper. And but this one, it's like, well, we need a new way. He can't find a convenient thing to kill him. Oh well, someone else just shoots him. Well,
0: Kolchak isn't. If you took Kolchak out of this episode,
1: everything goes exactly as it goes. You're exactly right. Yeah, he's. It's it's funny to have the main character be not important to the show in any way.
0: It's very it's a very silly. One. I don't know. I I'm gonna, I'll write this one, uh, Mr. Ring. I liked the Mr. Ring. I liked the robot. I liked when I put him on the math. Like it was. One of the scarier things they had, like in the corners of it, the, but they didn't. But because it it was supposed to be like a sympathetic robot, it was didn't like it ended up not being helpful because it's like you actually created something very weird and scary to look at. That in the end, we're just supposed to not be that afraid of. It, I don't know. It's none of this episode worked. I I think this is a two. Yeah,
1: I'm not going to be as harsh, but to your point, I think. Again, there's there's an interesting episode here. What if it's Kolchak is on the lamb with this robot, and he has to sort of teach the robot stuff along the way as, as ways to get out of situations? I mean, sure, that's been done to death a million times in things we've seen, too. Um, but there's something more there than just this unstoppable force that he has to fight, you know, the big boss at the end of the level. So I can only give this a 5 out of 10, which I think is probably being generous, but... I, it, it is a little disappointing to come back to a show that I do like the show and I like the character and maybe that's the problem is I like the character but the show is really starting to kind of wear thin and I'm I'm a little a little wary of where these episodes are going to go because I have a feeling we're going to start saying the same things over and over and over.
0: See, it's starting to honestly I, coming back to it. I was excited to be back and then I watch it. I'm like, oh right, this is where we left off, and I'm very worried about where we go from here. Well, because yeah, we're halfway through a series now.
1: And there's it, been some it bright steam, spots. ran out steam like three episodes ago. Yeah, it ran out of steam. And it, like maybe there's going to be... I'll, here, I'll give them this. I think getting away from monsters, for lack of a better term, or villains that we know, I think is an interesting idea. But I don't think this show is going to be able to handle them in a interesting and subtle way that explains more about us as a culture, explains more about Kolchak, uh, create some moral quandaries. That's not where this show is going. It's Chinese people. Do they have a weird thing? Uh, how about uh, uh, German people? Do they have a weird thing? That's all it really is kind of falling into now.
0: Yeah, it, it is too bad. It is too bad. Because that's the thing. I think we watch these, and even within the individual episodes, you can see like what could have been, but yeah. it's not what they tried to do.
1: And that's Kolchak. So I, we'll see what happens next week. Maybe we'll be wrong. Maybe we'll be pleasantly surprised.
0: Yeah, we'll find out. Um, in the meantime, you can get a hold of us at ContinuumDrag at gmail.com if you want to drop us a line. And on Instagram and Twitter at ContinuumDrag. We're going to have some clips from this uh, these episodes. Lots of stuff with that scary robot. I'm a big fan of that robot. Uh, that's He's the best part of the episode. Me. That robot looked cool. Yeah, he did look cool. Um, and then, you know, there's some. we'll find some stuff of the uh, probably shooting Miss Emily with a crossbow. That'll be there. that that is a highlight Um, that wraps it up so listener thank you for joining us and Jordan see you next week see you then
1: Continuum Drag is recorded in Toronto, Ontario theme music by James Rex Seidler produced by Jordan Dulick and Luke Black special thanks to Aaron Hughes